morning. It's Esti Schreiber here from Living Naturally. And with me in the studio, I've got Dr. David Nodia. He's a homeopath and also the head of the medical and research department of SA Natural Products. Good morning, Dr. Dave. Good morning, Esti. We've got an important subject to talk about today. It is called the prostate. Something all men have, and somewhere in a man's life from the age of 50 onwards, it's going to start giving them trouble. Why? Why, Dr. Dave, does a man have a prostate, the gland, and why will it give them problems later? It's not something if it may be or if, it will become a problem later in man's life. Why? Yeah, it's a good question, and uh, I've had patients asking me that question as well. Why do we even have this thing if it gives us so many problems? (laughs) But uh, it plays a really important role, and um, as you correctly say, probably... Half of men over 50 will have issues, and when you get to your 80s, um, it's about 90% um, of men in their 80s will have prostate symptoms. But the, the reason why we have the prostate is multifaceted, but certainly one of the major functions of the prostate is it produces prostatic fluid. And prostatic fluid makes up about 30% of seminal fluid or ejaculatory fluid. And um, it's quite fascinating because the the fluids that the prostate produces plays a major role in actually infertility and the likelihood of sperm actually being viable and able to fertilize an egg. And survive outside the male body. Correct. So the sperm need a really alkaline environment. And because the urethra is used to deliver the sperm and the urethra may have still some remaining urine in it perhaps, or and it usually is an acidic environment. You need that prostatic fluid to alkalize the environment, um, to protect the sperm from that acidity. A prostate gland also makes a substance called PSA. And, and PSA, which is part of the blood test that we measure for prostate, actually is involved with how the sperm can actually swim, the motility of sperm. So it plays an important role in producing seminal fluid, and in male health it's called an accessory gland. Okay, So it's producing accessory substances in addition to actual sperm itself. But besides that, the other role it plays is it acts as a a one-way valve. And as I mentioned just now, um, the urethra, which delivers urine from our bladder and outwards, your body uses the same tube for ejaculation and for the delivery of sperm. So um, you can't have urine mixing with sperm, okay, And because that would immediately affect the fertility of that sperm. Correct. So the prostate acts as a valve to stop the mixing of this going on. So it has a valve action, um, and uh, there are a number of other minor functions, but the problem is when the, the prostate becomes enlarged over time is that valve action becomes compromised as for example Um, and uh, the other thing is the prostate is full of nerves and um, the nerves in the prostate play a major role with the erectile function of a man so again when the prostate is swollen and enlarged and changing shape it affects the nerve supply and that then affects the sexual health of the male Um, so that's why we have such a common occurrence or, of sexual dysfunction with enlarged prostates. And I'm sure we'll discuss that just now. Yes. Now, a man's prostate is there from the moment a boy is born. And why is it something that just keeps on growing, even if it is already an adult male? So that's quite right. Normally, the prostate's about the size of a walnut, about 20 to 30 grams. With its shell on. Yeah. So fairly small. 
And as we age, the prostate gets bigger and bigger because on the prostate you've got receptors, and these receptors are switched on by uh, a hormone called DHT. It's a kind of testosterone. Um, and as a man ages, he makes more of this certain kind of testosterone called DHT. And the more this attaches to the prostate, the more the prostate is stimulated to grow. Um, so that together with the prostate becoming more hardened and fibrous over time causes it to become congested and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And as the bigger it gets, the more space it occupies in the perineum um, and the more impact it starts having on the urethra, which runs through the prostate. And, and that urethra is obviously necessary for us to empty the bladder. Correct. So you then start having your urination symptoms as this prostate gets bigger and bigger. Where exactly is it sitting in the body? So it, well, it's in the area called the perineum, which is that sort of lower groin area under the bladder. And then the tube that runs out the bladder, the urethra, runs through the prostate and then into the penis and out. Okay. But when, when the doctor does a rectal examination... Yes. He, he, he's able to touch the prostate with, what, two centimeters entering into the rectum area? Yes. You can so, feel the prostate. Correct. So it sits very close to the rectum. Correct. Too. So anatomically, the rectum sits very, very close, and that's why you can feel the prostate through the rectal wall. Okay. Uh, and that's why they do the digital examination as a, as a very simple way of getting an idea of the size of the prostate, but also is it soft, is it hard, is it nodular, are there any palpable lumps or bumps so it, it's, a, it's a basic yet very effective test on, uh, on determining the state of the prostate. I spoke to a urologist once and I said to him, men are so put off about seeing a urologist because they are dreading the finger test. And he said to me, Esti, it is the most accurate test that I can instantly tell a person whether there is a problem or not. And give peace of mind or say we need to get in and intervene right now is with a two second, five second test that is non-invasive. It's just uncomfortable because you, it's not expected. But he says it is the most accurate test because instantly you can feel whether the prostate has, has got nodules in it, hardening in it, or how big it is. If it is enlarged, you can instantly determine it. So it is something that men should have done. From what age and how often? They say your PSA, which is your blood test, um, should be done from 40. You should be checking it on an annual basis. Um, and then you should be having your digital examination annually as well. Uh, it, most men don't start doing that from 40. They wait, they start doing that from 50, but it is indicated. So if your PSA is doing, has an abnormal level, then you definitely need a digital examination. So if the PSA is normal, you don't need to go. You know, that, that's a problem as well because a lot of people think that all they need is a PSA. And if their PSA is low, they don't have a problem. Um, but if you have symptoms, even if your PSA is normal, you still need the digital exam. Or, for example, if you have a family history of prostate cancer, mm. you need to start screening earlier than the average person. So a PSA is not enough. So a normal PSA, and there's actually quite a bit of controversy around PSA because a higher PSA is suggestive of an enlarged, benign, non-cancerous prostate. But ironically... Um, a male with prostate symptoms who has a unusually low PSA actually has a higher cancer risk. Yes. So your low PSA 
on the face value may seem fine. A low PSA doesn't rule out that you have prostate cancer. So that's why you need that digital examination or a scan, you know, that's even more sensitive. Now, the, the symptoms, we talk about these symptoms that people will have. What are they? What, what is it that men need to look out for? Because if your PSA is showing low but your symptoms are there, that's when you need to go and see that urologist to have the test done. So the symptoms are easily recognizable, but the problem is because a lot of time they develop so slowly, you, they're gradual. You don't really notice the change. So it's not something that necessarily occurs overnight. So one of the major features is a reduction in pressure. So as you're emptying the bladder, the, the pressure of the flow um, decreases. So you, it might even get to the point where there's very little pressure and you might just dribble. It's a trickle. Yeah, just a trickle. And, of course, if the pressure is lower, the amount of time taken to empty the bladder increases. So it takes you longer to, to pass urine completely. Or you pass urine, you think you're done, and then a minute later you feel, oh, there's more, and you have to go back. So you get that, um, you know, that frequent urination because you don't actually empty the bladder properly. So low pressure, okay, frequent urination, especially at night. A lot of men with enlarged prostates will wake up many times at night to go and empty the bladder because they're not actually emptying the bladder properly each time. So that signal goes to the brain saying, I'm full, empty me. So frequent urination, low pressure, the dribbling, um, also hesitancy. So you go to urinate, but you can't start. So you've got to wait a while and wait and wait or push really hard. And eventually you get a bit of a dribble or a trickle of urine. So that's another important feature. And that is because the prostate is stopping the sphincter from opening so that it can come out? Yep. So because the prostate's enlarged now, that valve action we spoke about yes. becomes affected. And the, the actual urethra becomes narrowed. So the tube is, is thinner. And if the, if the tube is thinner, of course, you have to apply more pressure to get the fluid out. Um, and it's slower to empty. I remember speaking to a very well-known person one day that said to me, the one night he felt he needed to go to the bathroom. When he went, he just couldn't pee. Mm. And he needed to be rushed to hospital, and they put a catheter in, and they actually took out three liters of urine out of his body. Mm. What would have happened? So um, it's unlikely that that would have come out of the blue. You probably would have found he had symptoms for a long time. And um, all of a sudden, the symptoms just got beyond a threshold point. But if you've got an enlarged prostate, there's certain things that can worsen your symptoms. So if you go and take like an anti-allergy medication, for example, um, is known, like decongestants, okay, can worsen your prostate symptoms. Um, there's certain other medicines that can do it as well. If you suddenly start um, a blood pressure pill, like a calcium channel blocker, for example, that can worsen your symptoms. There's certain diuretics as well. Well, obviously, increase how often you need to go makes more urine. So if you really have a slightly enlarged prostate and you now take a diuretic, your urine volume increases, which is just going to aggravate things. So that person may have had some medication, perhaps, maybe had a cold and he took decongestants. Um, you know, that could have just pushed it to the point where he had a complete blockage and inability to pass urine. And, of course, then that is an emergency. You need yes. catheterization. yes. Three liters of urine. I mean, imagine feeling you need to pee and you just can't. It just doesn't want to flow. So because of this DHT, 
that a man has more of when he gets older mm -hmm. attaches to receptors on the prostate gland, causes this gland to continue growing. So the logic for me is somehow we've got to stop that DHT or we've got to block the receptors. Is that the way that they treat it? That's, that is exactly the way it's treated with drugs. Drug therapy is by reducing DHT levels or stopping DHT from attaching to the prostate itself. So those are two of the common drug therapies or into ways in which um, medicines are designed to work. The problem with those is um, is they have side effects. So the these well-known medications they can they can stop that the the attaching, or they can stop the formation of DHT. Because remember, DHT comes from testosterone. Yeah. So what happens is as you get older, you convert more of your testosterone into DHT unnecessarily. Um, and that doesn't only cause the prostate to enlarge, it also causes balding in men as well. So DHT has that action as well. Um, and it's just a phenomenon of the aging male is your testosterone levels drop anyway, but the little you do have gets converted into DHT, which has these prostate issues. Um, and what also can happen is the little bit of testosterone that you do have gets converted into estrogen as you age as well. So that's part of the andropause, which is another whole discussion in the aging male. Um, so, But drug therapy, yes, stop the conversion of testosterone into DHT and stop DHT from attaching to the prostate. The other drugs actually work on relaxing the prostate. So they are, that's a slightly different approach. So that's possible as well. But the primary medication works, as you've said. And then I hear a lot of men, when they speak on the helpline with us, they talk about a medication that they use to help with the flow. The urine flow. Is that medication also uh, linked to this DHT and the receptors? Those are more working at relaxing the, the area, muscle. the muscle, yes. They enhance the flow. There's different approaches to take depending on the patient. Some tolerate, some um, some don't tolerate. But um, the, the, the primary problem that a lot of men get with these DHT blockers and the some of the other drugs is it causes sexual dysfunction. Uh, for example, like retrograde ejaculation, for example, is one of the common side effects. What does that mean in normal language? So what that means is on ejaculation, the ejaculate, instead of going down, it goes back up into the bladder. Wow. So, so it goes the wrong way. What does that cause? Well, of course, certainly that's going to affect fertility because you've now got your the, – the fluid is now contaminated with urine. Correct. Um, it can be painful as well. It can – there are also side effects on um, erectile function as well with some of the medications. So the irony is that these are the side effects of these common medications, but the irony is that a lot of men with enlarged prostates already have sexual dysfunction. Remember we said earlier that the prostate's full of nerves. Mm -hmm. So when that prostate gets really big, those nerves are affected. So the erectile, the stimulation of an erection becomes compromised because the prostate's got too big. So already when they have these large prostates, they already have erectile dysfunction, a lot of males. Um, and you then take these drugs to reduce your prostate size and improve your flow, and they do. But then they worsen your sexual dysfunction as a side effect. And that is a, one of the main reasons why men stop taking those medications. Or why doctors say, no, we're going to wait before we're going to give you the medication because I know the side effects. And right now, the side effects 
um, outweigh the benefit of the drug. Correct. So, benefit to risk ratio. Correct. Yeah. And only once the man gets to a point where he says, okay, I'm willing to now deal with the side effects of the drug, that's when they start to take it. So there's this waiting period. I remember Dr. Jen Tan from A. Vogel UK, a medical doctor there that was working. He did a whole uh, talk and study on this as well, the one day for us. And he spoke about this waiting period that men have before the doctor will prescribe um, the medication. And it's in this waiting period where natural medicine really has a benefit. But before we get to the benefit of what natural medicines can do, I first want to just talk about the prostate itself becoming inflamed. It can become inflamed. It can become infected. And the bladder can get chronic inflammation as well. And the bladder can become infected because this prostate that's now enlarged pushes up against the bladder, taking space there. And instead of the bladder having a a, a round bottom area, I don't know how to explain it, where the urine can flow out. It now pushes it in and it gets two kinks in it and the urine can't flow against gravity and you always have a pooling of urine in the bladder that is not emptying out properly. Now that is a breeding ground for infections. Yes, bladder infections in men are less common than what it is in women because your urethra is so much longer than ours. But it because of this pooling of urine, you have a higher susceptibility in all Older men with a enlarged prostate to get an infection. So those are all things that symptoms that can come with it. So you can, as a man, develop a lower back ache that you don't understand where it's coming from, but it's not from the spine. It's sitting because of the prostate and the bladder. You can have that. Some men will get a fever with it, and that means there's an infection, obviously. Then it is this dribbling, infrequent urination, the flow that's not strong, the emptying of the bladder that's not proper. I know with some men, they, they become so embarrassed because they've been to the bathroom, they're now washing their hands, and the next moment another teaspoonful of urine empties out in the pants, and it causes an odor. And that, that becomes something that is it's frustrating, but it's embarrassing. And they don't want to talk about it. Men are inclined to not want to speak, not want to go and seek help for it. Where women, when we are in menopause or we've got menstrual problems, we easier go and see the gynecologist or the doctor to help us. Within men, they, they silently suffer which is sad when there is help that can be given. Um, often it is the women that phone us on the helpline and say, my husband has got a problem. What can you recommend? So there, there are signs and symptoms that we've got to look out for. But for, what's important for me to, to also share with all listeners is that prostate cancer is the second most common cancer in men. And it is 100% treatable if caught early. But you've got to catch it early, which means you need to go for your screenings often so that a doctor can determine that all is well or not. Our own Nelson Mandela had prostate cancer, but they caught it early. And because of that, they were able to help him. I know Desmond Tutu. He's also come out and said, I've had it. He went for his treatment early. And hence, he was able to come through it. So prostate cancer is treatable, but you've got to catch it early. When it's gone through when it's gone past the prostate, that's when it's a problem for me. So be aware of that. So now treatment for it. What can nature do to help you in a living naturally way? Can you help yourself with a enlarged prostate, with prostate cancer, and with all those signs and symptoms and infections and inflammation? What can we offer people? So there's a few things to bear in mind. Firstly, looking at diet. Um, 
there is some evidence to show that if you eat a lot of meat and you consume a lot of dairy, um, it can increase the rate at which your prostate can enlarge. And that's because a lot of our meat has hormones and a lot of our dairy has hormones. So meat and dairy has been identified as if you have that in excess as a risk factor. There are certain medicines that I said earlier that can worsen or aggravate symptoms. Um, and um, then in terms of the things that you can take to support prostate health, one of the most well-researched herbal medicines that exist is saw palmetto. Saw palmetto has been used for hundreds and hundreds of years, and uh, there's extensive research on saw palmetto confirming how it actually supports prostate health. Uh, and male health in general, by the way, not just prostate, but it's it's the most well-known complementary medicine for the prostate. Um, and as I said, many, many publications and clinical trials and so on and so forth. What does it do? So it's quite it's quite interesting because the before the, all these trials, traditionally it was always known as a male tonic. And uh, if you go and look at the old eclectic texts from, you know, the 1800s and so on, they used to call it the old man's friend <laughs> because and, – and it's a very good name because it improved the typical urinary dysfunction symptoms that men would get as they age. And we've discussed some, you know, some of the ways in which it does this. But the, the, what is so fascinating is research has actually shown that it works in the same way as some of the modern drugs, but without the side effects. So it stops the excessive production of DHT, which we've labeled as one of the big culprits here. Um, and it also prevents DHT from binding to the prostate gland. So this is something designed by nature, you know, and it exists naturally. Mm. So it works in the same way as some of the common drugs, but it doesn't produce the negative side effects that we see with some of those drugs. So we have a lot of evidence to show its mode yes. of action. We know how it works. Uh, it also has an antioxidant effect on the prostate as well, which is really important because as the prostate enlarges, it becomes congested, it becomes inflamed. So it, it counteracts that as well. So we, we, it's a substance that's well known. How would a person use it? So the well, it comes from it's from the saw palm, which is a, or the dwarf uh, palm, which grows in the United States, and um, it's called a saw palm because the leaves have got serrated edges, and if you run your fingers along, you'll actually slice your finger open. Yeah. That's the name saw palmetto, um, but it makes a berry, um, and the saw palmetto medicine is used from the dried berry. So they extract the oils and the active substances from those berries. Um, and then produce it into uh, a capsule format or tablet format uh, or a liquid. You, um, you can get it as a liquid extract and, uh, and it's taken orally. And it's, but it's important that it's, it's not in a, you have to take it long term for it to get its effects. It's not going to work overnight. It's something that men should start taking when they get their mid-40s or early 50s at least, especially if you've got a family history to actually help prevent the prostate getting enlarged before you become symptomatic. Correct. So it can be used in that way as a prevention. And certainly if you've been diagnosed and you've got early stage enlarged prostate and the, the onset of symptoms, it's the ideal thing that you can safely use long term to prevent you moving to that next level um, and, and prevent the prostate becoming excessively enlarged 
um, in developing um, the common major symptoms. Now, the Avogel prostazan capsules is made up of this oil from this berry. And I know in Switzerland, um, it is one of the products that they've done a lot of research on. Uh, they focus on this product because of its benefit for men and because population is aging today far more than ever before. And it's, it's a common problem that men have is andropause and the, the signs and symptoms of an enlarged prostate. So there's a lot of emphasis they put on it. They've done specific studies with it. And in one of the studies, they speak about LUTs, L-U-T-S. Yes, LUTs means lower urinary tract symptoms. So it's all the symptoms that we discussed just now that are associated with an enlarged prostate. So it's frequency that's going often, hesitancy, stop-start, uh, low pressure, uh, going at night, uh, um, excessively emptying blood at night many times, and, of course, the sexual dysfunction symptoms. So sexual dysfunction comes together, and it forms this umbrella term, which encompasses all the classic enlarged prostate symptoms. There's a man in the Cape that made contact with us, um, elderly man, 72 years old, all the signs and symptoms of an enlarged prostate, very uncomfortable, not using medication, and he started taking the prostazan capsules one a day because it's an easy-taking product. You take just one a day. It doesn't matter if it's morning or evening. Just take one a day and do it long-term. He started taking it. It was six weeks after he started that he felt a big improvement, but it was uh, three months and all the symptoms had cleared. So it's a gradual um, a product. It does not work overnight. A lot of people want something that tomorrow they will feel better. This is not how it works. Your problem didn't start overnight. It's not going to be cleared overnight. So it's something you want to use long term. One capsule a day, long term. What the studies have shown is that it's gradually over three weeks is already an improvement. Six weeks, even better. Eight weeks, even better. But the longer you use it, the better. It is something, in my opinion, that people should be using for the rest of their life because you are you, the prostate gland is not being removed it is there it's it is it's dht is going to be in the body so you've got to keep on taking care and making sure that this does not become a problem for you so it's something that you start taking and you take it for the rest of your life you budget for it to use a capsule a day every single day but in the avogel range there's another product called prostate formula which is a homeopathic ingredient remedy that I've seen on the helpline when men make contact with us and they have they need an antibiotic for the prostate. Antibiotics don't get there easily. Somehow they battle to, to get the medicine to the prostate. It must be something to do with the circulatory system to bring the medicine to that area. When we recommend prostate formula for a man in that state with the prostazan, the prostazan capsules they take once a day, and the prostate formula we recommend 10 drops hourly for the first day or two. And as the symptoms start to decrease and the person feels better, he goes to five times a day, then three times a day, and he finishes the bottle. That usually is enough. You don't need more than one or two of the little bottles. But then you continue with the prostazan. How does this prostate formula specifically, how does it differ from prostazan? So with, the, with low-potency homeopathic remedies, um, and there are a number of them that are indicated for the classic symptoms that we've discussed. And uh, so how they work is, that, especially if you take them frequently, if they're low-potency, you take them frequently, is they are more indicated to use for symptomatic short-term relief. So they're, they're much more quicker acting, whereas your sore palmetto 
it's got to undo those high levels of DHT. It's got to then start blocking the the attaching. It's got to have that decongesting and antioxidant action. So it's slower. Um, and especially if you've got this really large prostate, I mean, if you think that from a walnut, I mean, some patients will get a prostate that's four or five centimeters more, you know, um, in diameter or, uh, or even larger. Size of an orange. Or even a size of an orange. So that's going to take a long time. But the immediate symptoms is where your homeopathic remedies come in, especially if you're taking them frequently. They will help with in the short term, the short-term symptomatic relief, okay. the irritation, the discomfort, the, you know, the, the urinary symptoms, while in the background your herbal is decongesting, bringing down inflammation, reducing the size, improving flow, and so on. So the combination of prostate formula with prostazan is ideal for some men who have severe symptoms and want to bring quicker relief then we recommend that. Prostazan for the person that has got mild to moderate enlarged prostate symptoms, one capsule a day, you are going to, within a couple of weeks, feel much better already. And then we want to encourage men to start using the product at a younger age. Before you even have one symptom, you'd know, you just start taking it. We all take our vitamin D because we know we're not getting enough of it. And so take your extra vitamin D, you do it preventatively. Dr. Dave, let's just speak for a moment about prostate cancer. Second most common cancer in men, treatable. What will prostazan do for them? Is there any benefit of a man using prostazan capsules? So if you look at all the information, the primary use is, as we've discussed, addressing a benign prostatic hypertrophy, enlarging prostate in a man that's not cancerous. That, that's most of the research we have is based on that. The clinical trials are based on that. We don't have clinical trials on its effect in prostate cancer, okay, yet. But we do have in vitro data, and in vitro data means data that's done in a lab. And in vitro research shows that it actually has an inhibitory action on prostate cancer cells. So what that means is they took prostate cancer cells, two different types, one type that was hormone-dependent, so it's been driven by testosterone, and another type that's hormone-independent, that it's not related to testosterone levels. And they treated these prostate cancer cells um, with saw palmetto, prostasan, and they found that it actually caused these cells to auto-destruct. So our cells have got a, a self-built, built-in self-destruct mechanism. And that's how our body and our immune systems protect us from getting cancer. So if, if we, one of our cells mutates, we have an automatic programmed cell death called apoptosis. We call that in, in medical terms apoptosis. And we make cancer in our body every we day. We make cancer all the time. So our body is designed to switch on this programmed cell death should one cell become malignant. Apoptosis. Uh, apoptosis. So what they found was when they treated these malignant uh, prostate cancer cells, um, is it switched on apoptosis and these cells self-destructed. So it's quite fascinating. So we, we, we have that data from lab research. So, I mean, if you think about a, a, a male patient who is getting the enlarged prostate, they're aging, they want to keep their prostate healthy, there is also this potential added benefit that a saw palmetto could Can offer. Protect. So there could be a protective effect. It's shown in a lab. We don't have human trials, but it's certainly an added benefit um, to consider when using something like this.
absolutely amazing that the body knows how to do that and that something in nature can help it to switch on to remember to do it. That is Precisely. fascinating. Now, there are a few percentages that we have on prostazan and its effect in men with uh, enlarged prostate. I'm looking at one that says there is a 40% improvement in sexual function when they use prostazan. Can you speak through the, the results for us that we, that we are both looking at here Yeah, now? so that's, this is from a clinical trial, and, and they used a test called the Brief Male Sexual Function Inventory. Basically, it's a test used in research to measure sexual dysfunction in men. So it measures things like erectile function, um, ejaculation, it measures libido, uh, a whole lot of different parameters that are related to male sexual health. And it, it, you get a score, so when you complete this, you get a score for each one of these things, and then you get a total score to measure um, you know, your sexual health. So what they did in these trials was get these patients with enlarged prostates to complete this test before starting their treatment and at the end, um, and they found the 40% improvement um, in sexual dysfunction. So that included erectile uh, function, uh, satisfaction, ejaculation. It was quite a comprehensive um, tool. So 40% overall improvement in um, sexual dysfunction. And that was over eight weeks. Correct. So, so that, and that is statistically significant. So they had a really good outcome. Remember we said that sexual dysfunction is part of the BPH picture. Yes. Yeah, so, and what I also see here is that um, after eight weeks, there's a 52% reduction in the severity of the symptoms of an enlarged prostate. Yes. Not just the sexual function, but in the whole, Correct. the urinary flow, the go waking up at night, the emptying out of the bladder, the all the discomfort that men have with an enlarged prostate. There was a 52% reduction over the, the, eight, the eight weeks. And then there is another one, the Eurolife. Uh, score that was a 35% reduction. What does the Euro life mean? So that's a, a measurement of quality of life. Oh. So it's quality of life because you can imagine yes. how this impacts on quality of life. Just your day-to-day -day functioning, you know, the, the discomfort, the running to the loo, the waking up at night, the sexual the dysfunction that comes with it affects quality of life. So that's how well you are functioning as a person, you know. So um, the, the discomfort came down, the quality went up. Quality of life, yeah. yeah that's absolutely so, – so when it comes to what we're eating and drinking, the hormones that we're getting in and the food from the meat and the dairy, we've got to limit that. Have a – uh, follow a more vegan, vegetarian diet more often. Drink lots of water. Keep the prostate area warm. Just like a woman, when the um, bladder area is warm, discomfort and problems and inflammation is much reduced. The male um, area also needs to be kept warm. I remember my late mom always said, do not drink cold things quickly. Do not eat cold things quickly. Because when you make the body cold on the inside, it can affect the prostate gland too. So, uh, Keeping warm, eating well, drinking lots of water, making sure that you take care of the prostate health by going for your regular checkups, having the PSA checked, doing the, the rectal examination check. What do you call it? The digit? Mm, digital digit, examination. Digital, yeah. digital mm, yes. examination. Why was it called a digital? Digit. <laughs> Their fingers a digit. <laughs> Having that test done, that is the most accurate test for a urologist still to perform to see immediately whether there is a problem or not that you need to be treated. Remember, prostate cancer is treatable if you catch it early.
But for all those discomforts of an enlarged prostate, Prostazan capsules one a day really makes a difference. And then we've got the prostate formula, the Avogel prostate formula, homeopathic remedy that addresses all that discomfort in acute cases quicker. Here you want to take 10 drops hourly and from day three you go to five times a day and then to three times a day. Complete the bottle and stay on your Prostazan at the same time to quickly give you comfort and improve the quality of your life. These natural remedies are here to help. Remember, this is your, it's not an illness that you have. It's aging that is happening. It's something natural that's happening in your body. It's not wrong. But there are ways and means that nature can help you. I want to end off and just ask you the question. Do, doctors perform a prostatectomy where they remove the prostate or sometimes they do a scrape. When they do the scrape, what are they doing? So there's two ways. There is a laser method where they basically break down prostatic tissue with a laser. And then there's another more mechanical process where they – but effectively both procedures reduce the volume of the prostate. And in reducing that volume, you're not having all that pressure sitting there. That hopefully the urine flows better. The bladder is emptying out better. You're not having to go to the bathroom so often. So that is a procedure that sometimes is called for and needed. Um, the, the urologist will tell you when that is needed. I know of a man um, in his 80s. He's had the prostate removed. It was. It's a very delicate operation. You've got to allow for time afterwards to heal properly and to learn how to control the urine again. But this man is living a very healthy, normal life thereafter without any problems. There is a time to have the prostate removed, but it, it's not so for all men. It can be for some and for some not. Prostazan capsules is a way to help men to age gracefully. Interesting subject to talk about. Something men don't want to talk about, but we need to. It is something that will happen in the body. Thank you for your insight, your knowledge, for sharing it with us. And until next time. Thank you, Esty. 